It's time for Dodger baseball. That's a straight play. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Mookie Betts cranks it. Left field. Okay, how many times this team rips my heart out? I'll never stop loving the Los Angeles Dodgers. Think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. What is up, Dodgers Nation? Doug McCain here. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DBAC underscore LA. And welcome to another episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. We've got a jam-packed show for you today. Should the Dodgers trade for Kenley Jansen? Should they re-sign Ryan Brazier? We're going to talk about Adrian Beltre being elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Did the Dodgers really let him get away? I think there's more to it than people know. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the latest headlines around Major League Baseball. But before we get into it, if you're not subscribed to the channel, I don't know what you're doing. The Dodgers Nation YouTube channel, number one in the game. So do us a huge favor. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And hit that like button. Because, Jordan, we are 60 subscribers away from 80,000. And most important thing about that is that means we give away the Shohei O. Otani, number 17, authentic Dodgers jersey to one of our subscribers. All you have to do to be eligible to win is subscribe to the channel and comment done down below. And when we do that giveaway, we're going to announce our next giveaway. So we're going to do a ton of giveaways. We're going to hear from what you for you from you guys what you want us to give away. So lots of exciting stuff happening here at Dodgers Nation. But let's dive in the comments second before we hit our first topics, because look, it's almost here. You got Fan Fest coming up soon. You got pitchers and catchers reporting soon. Baseball season is right around the corner. And before you know it, it's going to be time for Dodger baseball. We got Dunn, Dunn, Dunn. That's from Jonas Bass. We got Charlie Brown down below. We got Jaime Dominguez. I think re-signing Brazier would solidify the bullpen. We'll get into Ryan Brazier. I have some thoughts on that because I kind of want to dispel a little myth that a lot of people have about bullpen pieces. We got Taylor Cox. I feel like the Paxton signing is a setting the Dodgers up for a big trade for a high-end reliever. Classe or Scott, I don't think Kenley will be a Dodger again. I like that take. I like where you're going with that. I think the trade round is a route they could pursue. So hold on to those thoughts. And also, later, we're going to do a segment of designated Twitter where I'm going to get your hottest Dodgers takes right now. But of course we got to start with our Dodgers nation Dodgers dugout poll question of the day. And I asked you guys over on Twitter, should the Dodgers trade for Kenley Jansen? And right now, 25% of you say no, while 75% say no, 25% say yes. While 75% percent say no we got people in the comments a little triggered please no we got mo deportes who says let's move on susanna banana are we still talking about this heck no we got no we good from omar we got cv martinez who posted the classic nick young gift with all the question marks that's a classic for sure we got pablo says hell no we got joseph who says hell no so it doesn't feel like the pulse right now amongst Dodgers fans is they want to see Kenley Jansen in Dodger blue. And a few days ago, Dave Vasse on AM570's Dodger Talk, he mentioned that the Padres and the Dodgers have checked in with the Boston Red Sox about the availability of Kenley Jansen. I mean, how deep are those talks? We don't know, but all he said was that they have discussed, they have talked about the idea of trading for Kenley Jansen. Now, does it make a ton of sense? Does it make sense for the Dodgers? Well, 
We got AR. What up, DMAG? If we do get Brazier, who spawned the 40 man, do you see them taking? Look, they have, look, they have DFA candidates, right? You got the Gus Vrons, you got the Ricky Vanascos. We got people talking about Clayton Kershaw. Look, hold off on Clayton Kershaw. I'm telling you, it's as simple as this. If he pitches again, it's going to be with the Dodgers. But you're going to wait until the beginning of spring training. We can move guys to that 60-day IL, and then you can sign Kirsch, and then you don't have to worry about the... In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Roster issues that could come about in the DFAs and the trades and things like that. I still firmly believe Clayton Kershaw will be back in Dodger Blue. We got Brian saying, what up, DMAC? What up, Brian, over there? By the way, I'm always looking for your fire takes. If I get a fire take, you're going to see one of these. Fire take. Fire take. We got Miguel gone. Baby, let's get this World Series. Bray, anytime you add good pitching, it's a good thing. Yeah, look, the old adage is true. There's... Never enough pitching. You can never have enough arms. We have Diane Schroeder says, hey, DMAC. So let's dive into this. So like I said, have the Dodgers explored this to what extent? We don't know. There's really, there hasn't been any concrete reporting on that. Dave Vasse did mention that the Dodgers have at least talked to the Boston Red Sox about Kenley Jansen. So if you go into this and you look at some of the relievers that have gone off the board this offseason, you've had Josh Hader, who became the richest reliever ever as far as the contract that he signed passing Edwin Diaz's $102 million deal he signed with the Mets a couple years ago that of course was because of the deferred money last night it was announced that the Angels were signing Matt Moore by the way what the hell are the Angels doing the Angels a team that really isn't going to be contending anytime soon they're really stockpiling a bullpen to me they all feel like yeah they're building a solid core there in Anaheim but I think they could all be trade chips as well. You can flip those for prospects towards the deadline. And then they go out there and sign Miguel Sano to a minor league contract, a former all-star. So they've got Otani's replacement in Anaheim in Sano. He, of course, is a lot like Shohei Otani in the sense that they both play baseball. And then Araldis Chapman signed a one-year $10.5 million deal with the Pirates. Look at the back end of that bullpen in Pittsburgh. You got Bednar. You got Araldis Chapman. And Araldis Chapman is someone who has absolutely gone back to being that dominant closer that he was for so many years. He has been really fantastic of late. I mean, he gets traded from the Royals, to the Rangers, the velocities averaging close to hundred miles per hour, the strikeout rate over 41%. He's someone that I think could be traded to a contender at some point during the season, right? So that's another name to kind of keep your eyes on Would the Dodgers make a move for Aroldis Chapman after what happened so many years ago where they landed him, but because of some issues he was dealing with domestic violence issues, they, did not go through with that deal. Makes you wonder if he would, but still, he was really, really good for the Rangers. He had a 372 ERA, struck out almost 40% of the batters that he faced, and I think he still got it. At the end of the day, he still has it. Averaging 99 miles per hour on that fastball, the sinker, 101 miles per hour. So triple-digit heat from Araldis Chapman, but 
that's really the signings around Major League Baseball. Now, as far as Kenley Jansen, as far as Mitch Keller, I've talked about Mitch Keller on the show, Ken, as a possibility. Keller is someone who is multiple years of team control. And, of course, you know, anytime you have multiple years of team control, your young starting pitcher in this league, well, that's going to come to come at a cost. And you're going to see a high cost for a pitcher like that. The Dodgers have expressed interest in Mitch Keller I don't think that there's been any smoke about that this offseason. I think their rotation is set right now after the signing of James Paxton, who I think, like I said yesterday, the velocity is consistent. The stuff plus has gone down. I do think they'll try to get the velocity back up closer to his career. Norm's around 89 miles per hour on that cutter. You'll see them make some tweaks with the release point, with the mechanics. I have a lot of faith that Paxton is going to have a lot better year than in a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Synagogue did with the Dodgers last season. But really, what remains for LA, the position player side is set, the rotation is set. It's about fortifying the bullpen. It's about what can you do to increase the quality of this bullpen? What can you do to put Evan Phillips in the spot that he's best at? Delineating Evan Phillips to that fireman role where he's that high leverage reliever, goes back to what he did in 2022 when he established himself as one of the very best relievers in the game. Honey Bun, as his teammates call him. That's his nickname. I like to call him Fireman Phillips, Dr. Filth as we like to call him here as well. But could you get him back into the role that he's best suited for? Well, you do that by getting yourself a closer, getting a tried-and-true traditional closer. Now, me personally, I've always been a card-carrying member of the Closer by Committee Club. That's how I want to do it. But just look what happened in Boston last season. Last season in Boston, Kenley Jansen converted 29 of 33 saves. Year prior to that in Beantown, it was an issue. They went closer by committee, and it was an absolute disaster. So to be effective with the closer by committee route, you have to have a manager that knows how to pull the right levers. You have to have pitchers that can go out there and be effective and play the right matchup. So it's not for everyone. It's based on your personnel. Some teams it works. Some teams it doesn't. But as far as Kenley Jansen and should the Dodgers trade for him, I think one thing we do know at this point is they were linked to Ryan Brazier. They've been linked to Ryan Brazier, who we've talked about extensively on this show, and we'll talk about him once again in a little bit. The fact that they were linked to Ryan Brazier and didn't go out there and add any bullpen pieces lets you know that they would be willing to go out there and bolster this bullpen with a right-handed reliever. Yes, they do need to upgrade the lefty reliever situation. Do I have a ton of faith on Vesia? 
I think that Alex Vessia is someone that when he's right, it's don't mess you with Vessia, right? Alex Vessia, Super Mario when he's right. But if he struggles with command, if he has those cold spells, mechanically, there are times when he struggles. I mean, you want to see him working up in the zone. You want to see him back foot sliders, work in the corners. But we have seen stretches for Alex Vessia where he has lost it. And then same with Caleb Ferguson. Ferguson, someone who has gone on long stretches, had long runs where he's been effective. But can you trust those guys in the postseason? And then there's Ryan Yarbrough. I think Ryan Yarbrough is someone who, if they keep on this roster, he's going to provide quality depth and versatility. He's a swing man, right? He can give you multiple innings of relief, but more than just two innings. You saw him go over four innings in the Dodgers clincher when they clinched the division up in Seattle last season. So I think the way they'll use Ryan Yarbrough is once the season really gets going and you find out, one, how is Yamamoto faring? How is Tyler Glass now faring? Are they getting Walker Bueller back? I don't know if you heard Walker Bueller on his podcast that he does he didn't seem very confident that he was going to be ready to go from day one. Do we see Walker Buehler in May and to start the year? Do you see Ryan Yarbrough getting some piggyback starts with some of the guys available, whether it be a Grove, whether it be a Gavin Stone, guys like that. That's a possibility as well. So I do think that from a starting rotation standpoint, they have the innings covered like they do. It's just a matter of thinking beyond the first couple months of the season. It's about, okay, are the pieces in place to build a dominant bullpen for when it matters most on the big stage in October? And Kenley Jansen is someone who he's got to be the most polarizing Dodger in the last couple, at least up there as far as his performance on the mound, right? As far as look, this is someone who without question, Eric Gagne said it himself, despite Eric Gagne's dominance, right? Where he had 84 consecutive saves Kenley Jansen is the best closer in Dodgers history, and there's not a close second, right? This is someone who was so good for so long, signed an $80 million contract. He established himself as one of the elite relievers in all of Major League Baseball. And then you started to see the velocity go down. You started to see the effectiveness of his cutter go down. It wasn't his bread and cutter anymore like I was calling it. And you also saw him reduce the usage of that cutter. Well... If you do want to get sold on the idea of bringing Kenley Jansen back, you're probably wondering out there, well, is he different? Is he different now than how he was pitching when the Dodgers last saw him during the 2021 season, when he was booed off the mound after his third blown save in a row against the Giants that one game, right? When he was getting booed at home, and after that, he had a really strong finish to the season. Well, that year, he threw that cutter 58 percent of the time 58 percent of the time with that cutter he was averaging 92.5 miles per hour on it still an effective pitch opponents are hitting 176 off it but if you look at some of the expected numbers they were consistent as well a 213 batting average now that was his cutter in 2021 58 percent usage averaging 92.5 miles per hour now you jump to last season the velo has gone up on that cutter it's up to 94.3 miles per hour. That is the fastest and the highest velocity that we've seen on his cutter since the 2011 season. And it's a pitch that now he's throwing 78% of the time. So he's back to throwing that cutter at a, an extreme rate 
And then you look at the slider. You look at the sinker. He's averaging 95.3 miles per hour on that sinker. And he's someone who, say what you want about the guy, he still is one of the better relievers, one of the more reliable closers in Major League Baseball. Yes, you guys know, I love this from Joseph Angel who says, my cardiologist says no Jansen. That's a finish him. That's a fire take. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, look, here's the thing. You're absolutely right. You guys know what I call him here, the Kenley Fournia adventure. And he is someone that is going to make you want to pull your hair out during certain stretches. I mean, last year for the season that he had in Boston, I mean, there were stretches where he struggled. I mean, there was a 24-hour span in Boston when he gave up six runs to the St. Louis Cardinals. Down the stretch in September, he had COVID and he wasn't faring very well, and then they just shut him down. But still, the numbers don't lie. You know, I bring my facts to the fight, 29 of 33 in save opportunities. If the Dodgers, who are interested in a Josh Hader, who were interested in a Ryan Brazier, maybe they go after Brazier still, right? If they're looking to add a true closer, there's not many options out there because I think personally they're just looking to add quality arms. And how do you acquire these equality arms? Now, it remains to be seen if the Boston Red Sox are going to do a full tear down there in the monster in Beantown. And I want the departed later, right? It remains to be seen. But this is a Boston Red Sox franchise that is right below where the Dodgers are at as far as franchise value, right? Dodgers, $4.8 billion, Boston right behind them. They're a team that is far away from that first CBT threshold. They're a team that, if you look at the division they're in, you've got the Blue Jays, you've got the Orioles, you've got the Yankees. I mean, they're a team that is probably not going to compete this season. And Kenley Jansen still has one more year on his contract at $16 million. And if they were willing to include some money in that deal, get some prospects, not some high-level prospects at all, you could probably get a deal done for Kenley Jansen. I don't think there's anything that would preclude the Dodgers from being able to do that if they determined that he was their guy. I mean, 420 career saves. He's a been there, done that guy. That's the positive spin. That's the positive spin on Kenley Jansen. I mean, you look at his numbers as a whole. You look at his baseball savant. I mean, he's still limiting hard contact. He's still above average when it comes to strikeout rate, hard hit percentage, and barrel percentage. I mean, he is someone that still is doing that at a high level. The question is, is how would he be able to handle getting back with the Dodgers? How would he be able to handle the pressure of being back in this organization with this team? Has that ship sailed, right? That is kind of what it makes me feel like. Has this ship sailed for Kenley Jansen in LA? I mean, the fact that the Dodgers had any communication with the Boston Red Sox, that leads me to believe that at the very least, they're kicking, they're kicking the can down the road, right? They're, they would spin the tires on that one potentially. I personally would not have it as my top priority because in my opinion, with Kenley Jansen, yeah, you look at the FIP, the ERA, pretty consistent. The expected FIP up close to five, which I don't love. He's not the same dominant Kenley Jansen that we saw during the peak of his powers. That Kenley Jansen isn't walking through that door, right? But look, he's someone, 
has put up pretty nice numbers. If you look under the hood, his walkout song, his California Love, well, hey, another Tupac song, I ain't mad at you, right? I ain't mad at his numbers. His numbers, pretty solid. But in my opinion, I think where this organization is, for what they have built this offseason, the absolute masterclass, the Mona Lisa, the Sistine Chapel, the masterpiece for Andrew Friedman, to kind of regress and bring back a Kenley Jansen when you could potentially go out there and sign a Ryan Brazier, I'd prefer to go the Ryan Brazier route because if Ryan Brazier isn't able to get a multi-year deal where we just saw Moore sign a one-year deal, we just saw Chapman sign a one-year deal. And of course, Hader, he became the number one contract ever for reliever. He set a new record, but he's someone that is still in the prime of his career. If you look at Ryan Brazier, for how much success he had last season, he still is someone that is going to be 37 years old in August. But let me know down below in the comment section, do you want to see Kenley Jansen back in Dodger blue? It's not the worst thing in the world. I wouldn't absolutely Michael Scott, no, God, no, please, no. I wouldn't pull one of those necessarily. And the reality with Kenley Jansen is he's a better pitcher right now than the guy that we saw for stretches in 2021, the guy that was losing the velocity, the guy that didn't get the opportunity to get the Dodgers last save in the 2020 World Series. When we saw Blake Trina, when we saw Julio Urias down the stretch, he has improved from that standpoint and getting back to what he does best and throwing that cutter. But yeah, look, sometimes there's certain moments where you know, get back with your ex. I'm not so sure Kenley Jansen is the type. I don't think that this is necessarily the route that the Dodgers want to go in. But like I said, a 325 expected ERA, a 363 ERA. If you look at the FIP, a 366 FIP, I mean, that's pretty consistent. 366 FIP and a 363 ERA, 466 expected ERA. If you look at home runs per nine, 1.01. Yeah, I just don't think I could talk myself into just being at the very least gung-ho about trading for Kenley Jansen. A 27.7 strikeout rate, the walk rate at 9%. So that really is the difference between this version of Kenley Jansen and the Kenley Jansen when he was in his absolute prime. Is When he was in his absolute prime, take, for example, 2017. 2017, this version of Kenley Jansen was incredible absolutely elite he had a 2.7 walk rate and a 42.7 strikeout rate right those numbers are off the charts that kenley jansen is not walking through that door and a lot of that has to do with stuff isn't as good also the walk rate has gone way way up since then i mean you're talking about a nine percent walk rate so that is not going to do it for me but let's read your comments down below so we got got some kenley takes yeah, the cardiologist says no. Yeah, cardiologists in L.A. are going to get very busy if Kenley's back. A 383 projected ERA and 20 saves for 2024. That is a no. Yeah, in the words of the great Randy Jackson, that's a no for me, dog, on Kenley Jansen. I see people in the comments asking me about him wanting the Dodgers to trade for him. But as you just bring up right now, if you look at his Zips projections on fan graphs, they have Kenley for the 2024 season, a 411 ERA, a 401 FIP, 
a 27.9 strikeout rate and a walk rate at close to 10%. And by the way, I know that Kenley Jansen, I know that Kenley Jansen probably would love to be a Dodger again. I mean, you saw him this offseason taking a picture in front of his Lamborghini at Dodger Stadium with the LA skyline in the background. He's like that guy who broke up with his girl and try to get that revenge bod and get that six pack with the V. How do you get that V? It's impossible to get that V and then shows up. Got, got a haircut, got some new gear and is trying to get his girl to take him back. It's just not going to happen, but I want to read all your Kenley Jansen takes down below in the comment section. Should the Dodgers bring back Kenley Jansen in a trade? Should they pursue it? Martin says, I want class A. I want class A too. He's in a class A all by himself. I think for him, the Dodgers could absolutely get him back to being, I mean, he still was really good last year, but I mean, he was really, really good the season before that. But that's a trade. Classe is a name to monitor during the season, throughout the season. You want to know what teams are rooted for during the season? Root for your Dodgers. Also root for whoever is playing the Guardians, if you want Class A. Root for whoever's playing the Marlins, if you want Tanner Scott. Because it doesn't appear like right now those are going to be preseason trades. Even though I do think the Marlins, you've heard from Robert Murray, insider, talked to him a few times this offseason. And look, he said on his podcast a few days ago that the Marlins are open for business. So I think at the right price, he probably could be had. We got uh, IHTD Muller. No, thanks. I don't want a heart attack in my forties. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Kenley Jansen for as great as he's been in the regular season for as much success as he's had for the Dodgers. And I don't think there's any doubt about it. He deserves to be enshrined in the legends of Dodger baseball, not a hall of famer, in my opinion, but legends of Dodger baseball. I could see him being there one day and earning a spot in that. But as far as bringing him back, I mean, even when he was at the peak of his powers, we saw Marwin Gonzalez in 2017. We saw Pierce in 2018. We saw 2020 game four of the world series. Sometimes when that moment gets really, really big, that's when Kenley Jansen can't handle it. And I just don't want to live through that once again. Look, the scariest movie in October, it's not Halloween. It's not Scream. It's not The Exorcist. It was Kenley Jansen on the mound in a big situation, in a big moment for the Dodgers. And I'm with you guys. I just don't want to see it. I'm happy for him, but I do want to see a different direction there. We got no thanks. I don't want that. We got... If we pick up Jansen as a closer, we are dead. That's from S. That's a little extreme there. Bruh. But uh, Brian says, Jensen isn't my preferred person to get, but I will welcome him back with open arms. Carl says, Jansen no longer lights out. The walks are a problem. Yeah, as I mentioned, a walk rate over 9%. That's not what you want from your closer. I can picture it now. A couple walks here and there, and then you misplace that cutter, and it's a exit velocity of 60 that goes over this Mookie's head in second base, and it leads to a walk-off win or things like that. So I'm with you 100%. Command is pristine. What I always say, if you want to be the man, you have to have the command. We got Gary A. What up, Gary? Always rock with us. You know, I appreciate you, my man. Baby, come back. <laughs> Baby, come back. So it sounds like you want to back. Uh, Johnny Owen, he has too many... Buffet miles, no thanks. Okay, that was a little, little right there. Dustin should be our closer. Move him to the bullpen to save his arm. That's from Owen. Roy, he's still a great pitcher. If Boston agrees to eat most of the money, and if we could get him for $5 million a year, and he agrees 
not to be our dedicated closer? I say yes. That's from Roy Miranda, who's a little more open to the idea of having Kenley Jansen in Dodger Blue. We got some super chats. I'm going to look for those super chats right now. Thanks for the reminder, Daniel. Now, that's what I said at the top of the show. The only way I would consider bringing in Kenley Jansen is one, you don't re-sign Ryan Brazier. Two, you're unable to get a trade done for Tanner Scott, or that's not even a possibility in the offseason. And three, if the Boston Red Sox do eat some of the final year of his contract that sits at $16 million. We've seen Boston do deals with the Dodgers in the past, where you had David Price. The Dodgers had David Price, who was essentially the Mookie Betts tax. But I don't think it's smart to keep watching reruns. Jansen and Kershaw should go play golf together. Swelling sausage. That is a definitely a burn right there. Klaus there, Devin Williams. That's on Vinny Lux vlogs. Yeah, that's another team you want to probably add to your rooting guide, root against list in the Milwaukee Brewers. And Milwaukee is a team that they think they can contend in the NL Central. You still have pieces with Burns, with Peralta, with Williams. But if things fall apart there, that is a franchise that knows how to move pieces. They moved Josh Hader when they were still in first place, right? And all their fans were upset about it. So I would not rule out a Brewers trade ever. It's a long season. A lot changes. And as long as the Dodgers have the prospect capital that they do have, they have the ability to go out there and make a trade for anyone. Like I always say, the Dodgers have all the goods. They have the financial resources. They have the prospect capital to get it done. We got Cole. Dodgers have all of his prime rib in the minors. Why buy chop liver? That's a fire take. That's a that's a fire. Yeah, I, I think it, I, I don't think I would call him chop liver. I think with Kenley, he's mystery meat. He's mystery meat. You never know what you're gonna get. There's gonna be times where he looks like prime Mariano Rivera, right? And there's times where he looks like Craig Crumble during that season. So I think he's more mystery meat than prime liver, but. Your point remains. I like that. We definitely got some prime rib down at the minor league level. That comes from Cole down on YouTube. So let's go down. Look at those super chats. What up, Nando? The Big Maple is now the Big Dodger. I like it. The Big Dodger. The Big Maple. How about this? This is in LA. We call him the Big Palm Tree. The Big Palm Tree. But we're working on it. We're fleshing out ideas, guys. This is a safe space. Why won't they explore May at closer? Gary A. I think that if May is thrusted into that bullpen picture, which he most likely will be when he returns. It's not like they're going to have him start games right off the bat. If you see the swing and miss go up, if you see the effectiveness there and the velocity and the spin rates and everything is consistent with how he looked before the injury, I don't see why not. I mean, Dustin Mania would be electric as a closer. His stuff moves more than military family. He's someone that could grow into that role, but let's not forget, he's still incredibly young there's been enough examples. Jameson Tyone, you got guys like Nathan Yavaldi, Walker Buehler. We have examples of guys coming back from multiple injuries only to continue their career as starting pitchers. And that's probably what he wants to do. The Dodgers aren't going to force that role onto him long term. I think for this season, he's absolutely going to be in the bullpen. I would love to see him get the final out of the 2024 World Series. Give me D-May as a closer in that role. I, that was my bold take last year, remember? I actually, my bold take was that Dustin May was going to get the, the final out of the World Series. But Trevor Story and Jansen, if the Sox eat a significant chunk of money, interesting about Trevor Story, I don't think they're going to go that route. I think Trevor Story is someone who the Dodgers were linked to a couple years ago. He's someone that, with the Rockies, 
He put up some nice power numbers at that position. But if you look at his contract, yeah, I just don't think, I mean, 22 and a half million this season. Yeah. I mean, how much of that are they going to eat? Right. Is Wally. Hey, Wally. By the way, that's like one of my favorite sports center commercials ever. You guys ever seen the sports center commercial where David Ortiz is sitting with Jorge Posada and they're in the ESPN room, the little break room right there. And David Ortiz, he takes a Yankees hat and he's putting on the Yankees hat and he's bending the bill. And all of a sudden the Red Sox mascot Wally walks by and he's holding all these videos and he looks at Ortiz and he drops all the videos and he's just so upset. And then David Ortiz is like, Wally, Wally, it's not what you think. Wally. It's my favorite sports. Well, one of my favorite sports center commercials, but uh, probably my favorite baseball one. But uh, down below in the comment section, what are your thoughts for the Dodgers bullpen? Now let's, shift gears a little bit and talk about another option because look the masterpiece is not complete right the masterpiece is not complete i mean you're doing the nose on the mona lisa the lips i mean you still have to complete this masterpiece and i think you do that by upgrading the bullpen and making one more move and ryan brazier i still think in my heart of hearts it has to still be a possibility now let's look at brazier right here turns 37 in august and make no mistake about it, this Dodgers bullpen was a dumpster fire last season before he arrived. They struggled. They were historically bad. One of the worst in the league and by far the worst in franchise history. That changed with Ryan Brazier. He made his debut in Anaheim, pitched a couple scoreless frames. He's someone that came out the gates. He was strong, and he just rode that all the way into the end of the season. Now, he posted a 729 ERA in 20 games with the Red Sox. And even if you look at his entire season, as bad as he was with the Red Sox, if you look at his entire season, he still was in the 62nd percentile in ground ball rate. He was in the 95, 95th percentile in bail rate. So the 95th percentile in bail rate, that means that you induce soft contact. You miss barrels. When you miss barrels, you limit home runs. You limit slug. That's what you want from your relievers. And... He had an average exit velocity of 87.4 miles per hour, 87.4 miles per, per hour. I mean, that's incredibly, incredibly impressive. And oh, more than half of the balls that were put in play were on the ground. So with Brian, Brian Brazier, you're getting an elite reliever, someone who elite at generating soft contact, inducing soft contact, getting ground balls. He was dominant for a long stretch. He limited opponents to a sub 200 batting average. First time he had done that since 2018 did have a very favorable 248 batting average on balls in play. But Ryan Brazier is someone that I have full confidence that if you bring him back, he could pick up where he left off. And I know I've heard this take parroted by every baseball analyst, baseball podcast out there, the volatility of the reliever, the volatility of the reliever. Yes, Relievers can be volatile. Yes, most relievers were failed starters, right? That's true. There's no doubt about that. But it's not always the case. And here's a prime example. Just look at how Chris Martin has performed with the Boston Red Sox. Chris Martin was traded to the Dodgers during the beginning of any type of trade talks during the 2022 season. And he was one of the best relievers down the stretch. He carried that momentum into last season with the Red Sox. He had an ERA plus over 400. He was dominant. He was still elite. There's no reason why Ryan Brazier 
can't come back with the Dodgers and still be elite. And Chris Martin's another guy older than 36 in his late 30s. So you could have the same success with Ryan Brazier as the Boston Red Sox had with Chris Martin. I don't think that just because he had such an elite season with the Dodgers when he was with them, had a .70 ERA. If you look at that ERA plus over 600, he was absurd with the Dodgers, but that does not mean that it was a flash in the pan. He discovered that cutter. That cutter took him to the next level with LA. Getting ahead in the count, the command was there, was still hit 97, 98 on the gun. So he has velocity. He can induce soft contact. And I think that what the Dodgers are looking at with Ryan Brazier is, will he fall into their lap on a potential one-year deal? Because if you could get him on a one-year deal, nine, 10 million, look at what Moore signed for, then I think that it's a slam dunk. I think you go all in. There's no doubt about that. But this team is full throttle. This Dodgers team is full throttle. They are going all in this season. And even after having a salary at 301 million, you still went out there and signed a James Paxton, right? So it's going to be a drop in the bucket, no matter how you look at it for this Dodgers organization, compared to what they gave Yamamoto, compared to the commitments of Teoscar Hernandez and Shohei Otani committing over a billion dollars. Okay. Ryan Brazier should be back in Dodger blue. I'd re-sign if I was the Dodgers. I'd go out there and sign him, and I wouldn't worry about him not being a lefty. I would look at it as, just think of the top three. Look at the back end of your bullpen. Evan Phillips, Ryan Brazier, Bruce Dark Gratterall, okay? Gratterall was fantastic last season. Evan Phillips is one of the best relievers in the sport. Ryan Brazier, he was elite with the Dodgers, and I think that he's going to have a lot of success next season. So that's the move I would make, and then, yes, as far as adding a lefty, that's something that you entertain at any point during the season. But the reality is, when it comes to handedness, most pitchers are right-handed, right? They don't grow on trees. There's a scarcity to left-handed starters and to left-handed relievers. If there was one out there that the Dodgers could acquire, they would already have gone that route. But I'm planting my flag right here. The Dodgers, you are not done yet. You are not done. You can't pack it up. Job's not finished like Kobe said, right? Go out there, get a deal done for Ryan Brazier, and then we ride. And then it's time for spring training. But I would love to see him back in Dodger Blue. But let me know down below in the comments section, what are your thoughts on Ryan Brazier? Should the Dodgers bring him back? Like I said, the volatility argument, yes, there are relievers from year to year. We've seen that so many different instances of that occur, but it does not always have to be the case. And as far as Brazier goes, it's obvious what he's waiting for. He's looking for a multi-year deal. This is his last big bite at the apple as far as where he's at from a contract standpoint. And if there were multi-year deals out there for him, he would have signed already. He'd have already put pen to paper and you would have already had that Zoom press conference with whichever team he was going to sign with. But the fact that he's still available at this stage with these relievers falling off the board and Hayter and Stevenson and Chapman and Moore and all these top relievers are falling off the board and a lot of them have signed one-year deals. Well, I think that Brazier probably hasn't seen that two-year deal that he likes. Now, he still could sign it. I still think there's a chance that he could sign a multi-year contract but if I see Brazier sign a one-year deal with a team out there and that team isn't the Dodgers, 
I'm going to be pretty upset about it. But let me know down below in the comment section. What are your thoughts on Ryan Brazier? Do you think the Dodgers should bring him back? What kind of contract would you offer him? So let's get into these Ryan Brazier takes right here on the YouTubes. We got, let's go down here. We got the done mystery meat equals dog. That's from BC. <laughs> okay. Stop with that, please. We got some more done. We got big palms. That's from Luis Gonzalez. Maple wood from ice cream. That's your nickname for Paxton. Are we forgetting? May is still injured. A $2 super chat as a huge LA Dodgers fan. I don't want to. <laughs> okay. This is messed up. You call him blow sin back. Okay. That's, that's pretty mean, but uh, you'll get to finish him for that because you guys know that uh, that goes here. Dodgers are like Costco and Walmart. We have bulk money and is a one-stop shop. Brian, I like that. Like Costco, like Walmart. I always say the Dodgers are like Amazon, right? You can get anything there. You want a pitcher, you want a catcher, you want money, whatever it is, they can, they can do it. And also, they're almost like the Jeff Bezos of baseball now with the kind of money they're spending. Casey Mana, I am worried May is one of those guys who has it all but can't stay healthy. Yeah, of course. I mean, for May, it's about the delivery. Can he clean up his mechanics? And yes, you'll have less wear and tear. You'll have less mileage on your arm if you're moved into the bullpen. But on the same token, if you don't clean up those mechanics, I'm talking to a scout that told me, clean up those mechanics. That three-quarter arm slot delivery, the violent delivery, that whip action where he just coils it, doesn't get his legs around at times, that is going to lead to injuries. doesn't matter if you're a starting pitcher or a reliever. So that is what I would try to do if I was Dustin May. I would say, can we clean up those mechanics as much as possible, maintain the filth, maintain the nastiness on that two-seam fastball that moves more than a military family, and give the starting pitcher roll another chance before we transition to the bullpen. I mean, you have to remember, D May is a little over a year older than Bobby Miller, okay? He's someone that is still relatively young. He just he debuted very early back in 2019. I was actually at that game. But uh, Mike Dodgers should hold off on bullpen trades until the trade deadline to see if teams like the Brewers or Guardians become sellers. That's a great take, Mike, over on YouTube. I like that take right there because not only that, well, you can also say see who's dealing, who's healthy. You want to have the volatility argument, right? Are there some one-hit wonders that you want to take advantage of? I remember Kenyon Middleton. I wanted him on the Dodgers last season. I wanted Tanner Scott on the Dodgers last season before anyone knew who he was, right? And a lot of that has to do with their performance to start the year for sure. We got Tyrone DMAC. Will you be at the fan fest this year? And would you have a meet and greet? How much for an autograph? Well, the autograph probably going to charge one penny for autographs, but uh, if I get like a thousand, I'd be a good amount of money, but no, I'm definitely going to be at fan fest. And as far as meet and greet, I will be where the Dodgers players will be coming out to try to get some interviews for you guys. So we'll be asking the players all those questions like we did last year, but you can come out where the stages for Sportsnet. I will be out there. I want to meet as many of you guys as possible for sure. I'm actually going to try to get a bunch of these hats so I can give them away for you at FanFest. So be on the lookout for your boy DMAC. Be happy to give you an autograph for sure. No doubt about it. Definitely going to be worth as much as Otani's. But, uh, we got Massimo Buffon, $2. I would love code red as the closer lights out. Yeah. Can you imagine that? That'd be pretty awesome. It'd be electric. Just him running out, make all the lights red. What would his walkout song be? I could see some like heavy metal for him, but 
Brazier is a better option than Jansen. 100%. 100%. And that's where I'm at. Is if you were going to consider Jansen, and yes, there is a world where the Red Sox include money to pay down that contract and be a part of that. But also, it's a one-year deal, right? Brazier, I think it comes down to a multi-year deal. I don't think the Dodgers love him on a multi-year contract at that age. But I think certainly on a one-year contract, they'd be willing to do it. Let's not forget, Fire Eisen's going to get an opportunity this season. He was lights out before he was injured a few seasons ago with the Tampa Bay Rays. Blake Trinan, he's been extremely injury-prone of late. He could get an opportunity. Daniel Hudson, I mean, will any of these injured Dodgers get an opportunity? That's the question I have. And will they make the most of it and actually carve out a role in this bullpen? Don't forget, too, you re-signed a Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly is back with the Dodgers this year. Great ESPN commercial. Yeah, it's one of my favorite ones. Uh, hi, D-Mac and Dodgers Nation. What up, carnivorous lunar activity? Nando 390, I have a bad feeling about Brazier. What if it was a fluke year? Remember Brandon Morrow? Yeah, there are absolutely, absolutely instances where that's definitely a concern. And that's why if you sign them on a one-year deal, you're going to be okay with that. I mean, let's not forget, they signed they signed Joe Kelly to a three-year deal, and it didn't work, right? It, for the most part, I mean, he was bad until the very end. I mean, that contract was not a good contract for the Dodgers for as legendary as he was. I mean, you can get hitmen that can throw at the Astros for a lot cheaper than $25 million, right? They probably can't do the pouty face like Joe Kelly, but my point still remains. I got Justin Lamas. Hey, Doug, talk about Houston's bullpen. Do you fear them? I don't fear Houston. They're the true villains of Major League Baseball. That, in my opinion, is still the case, especially now that Altuve is still there. By the way, I kind of wanted to see Araldis Chapman sign with the Trastros just to see Altuve and... Chapman on the same team. I think that would be absolutely hilarious. So yeah, no, do I fear them? You got a Bray, you got Presley, you got Josh Hader. This is a team that still wants to contend. They've extended their championship window, in my opinion, with the acquisition of Josh Hader. Do I fear them? Look, bullpens play up in the postseason. Lights out relievers with gas play up in the postseason. But when you have a lineup like the Dodgers with Teoscar Hernandez, with a player like a Shohei Otani, the best player on the planet, along with the Mookie Betts and a Freddie Freeman. And this lineup is stacked. And I still like the pitching as well. And I think that there's a lot of strengths. You could have an elite rotation and an elite lineup. And I think everything just kind of has to go right as far as injuries. But I still think that this team, their biggest fear is themselves and it's staying healthy. But yeah, give me the Dodgers in four over the Trastros. I said it. Nando 390. I have a bad feeling. Uh, we got uh, Lux 2027. Let's read some more of your comments. Close to 80K. That's from Life and Manila. Yeah, we'll check on that. Guys, 80,000. If you're not subscribed to the channel yet, you could subscribe. Imagine this. Imagine going to a YouTube channel and you subscribe and you comment done. And then you open your door and there's a package. And in that package is an authentic Shohei Otani Dodgers number 17 jersey. That would be the best channel ever. Oh, wait a minute. That's what this channel is doing. So be sure to subscribe. We got, uh, I like that. This is from Cole. Be up by 10 runs on Houston and the bullpen won't be a factor. Yeah, we got, I used to call it Kimbrel proofing. Can you Kimbrel proof the games a few years ago before Kimbrelsa let it go and the Dodgers let him go before the postseason? But yeah, yes on Brazier. That's from Jamar. 
Carnivorous lunar activity. If you bring back Kenley, it won't matter who's in the pen. Jansen was all Roberts saw. That's a interesting point. And I do think that that is something that we've seen with Doc as far as fall into old habits, as far as how you deploy bullpen pieces. A couple more here. Dodgers are stagged with pitching in town. Play some of these young studs. I love it. D-Mac, you think Steve Garvey gets in the Hall of Fame? Helton has similar numbers, and he's in it. I think that nah, I don't see it. I mean, first of all, you could make a case that Steve Garvey and Dodgers team historian, he, he told me that uh, basically Steve Garvey is their best player ever, right? I mean, you look at the war numbers, though, for Todd Helton. He's at 61.8. Steve Garvey... I mean, for the seasons that he did have, and he did have a lot of late seasons, you're not getting to the Hall of Fame with a 38 war, unfortunately. So I don't think that Steve Garvey makes it. But, uh, yeah, I was talking to Mark Langell, and he still feels like Steve Garvey was that man, man. He had the Popeye arms. He was incredible. But that's actually a good segue to our next topic. We're going to talk about Adrian Beltre, who learned yesterday that he was going to be elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Got some thoughts on Beltre and all the Dodgers fans out there saying that the Dodgers let him get away. That's coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout Live. What up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mag here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more all year long. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new authentic Mookie Betts jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So be sure to be subscribed so you are eligible to win. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and please subscribe. And welcome back to Dodgers Dugout Live here on a Wednesday edition of the show, closing in on 80,000 subs. So if you haven't subscribed to the channel, one more annoying reminder to hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, and hit that like button because I want to reveal our next giveaway. Can't wait to do that. Now, here in our next topic, we're talking about Adrian Beltre. And Adrian Beltre, he was a lot to be a first ballot Hall of Famer when you look at his numbers and the success that he achieved throughout his career. He received 366 of the possible 385 votes votes from the Baseball Writers Association of America. So that's, I mean, 95.1%. So he absolutely was chilling. And I don't know if you saw his acceptance call. I like it when the phone was ringing and Beltre said, let's let it get to voicemail. I thought that was hilarious. He had Scott Boris behind him, felt like he was trying to get some more money from Beltre there. But if you look at the career he had, four-time Silver Slugger, had 3,166 hits. That's 18th all-time, most ever for a third baseman. If you look at the home runs, 477 home runs, that was the third most by a third baseman behind Mike Schmidt and Eddie Matthews. Is Yeah, if you look at the hits. I mean, the hits alone, I mean, 3,166 hits. That's 12 more then the second place guy, of course, the legend in George Brett. So he was a slam dunk to make the Hall of Fame based on longevity and counting statistics. And yes, he did have his best season with the Dodgers. That 2004 season with L.A., 
He was historically great. He was really the best offensive season ever for a Dodger. That's really what it was. It was the best offensive season in the history of this franchise at the time. He hit 48 home runs, had 121 RBI. He helped get the Dodgers their first division title since 1995. So he had a nine-year drought at that point just to win the division, and he had finished with a 9.7 F war. So that was the best individual season up until that point. That passed Jackie Robinson's 9.6 in 1949, and then Mike Piazza's 9.1 from 1997. Now, the real interesting conversation about Adrian Beltre is why didn't they bring him back? What happened to him? Why didn't he finish his career in Dodger Blue? Well, a couple of things. One, you had Paul DePodesta. You had the Frank McCourt era, and Beltre, he contends that he really made it known early on that he wanted to resign with the Dodgers, that he wanted to finish his career in LA. And he feels that they almost used that against him from a leverage standpoint. And he of course ended up signing with the Seattle Mariners on that five year, $64 million deal. And what, what do the Dodgers truly offer him? That's kind of the big question. It's been debated. Some people say they offered him five years, 60 million Boris and Beltre. They've hinted at it being less than that. And the interesting thing, of course, is the Dodgers would go on to sign J.D. Drew. They signed J.D. Drew for five years, $55 million. They also signed Derek Lowe for four years and $60 million. And both of those guys were Scott Boris clients. So I'm sure Scott Boris was moving the pieces around on the chessboard as well. But ultimately, at the end of the day, he ends up in Seattle. And in Seattle, look, at the time, people were saying that contract was a buzz. People... We're saying that, okay, Adrian Beltre at that price was a fluke and that he was living off that outlier season in 2004 where he finished second behind Barry Bonds. They juiced out of his gourd Barry Bonds that season. And with the Mariners, five years, five years with the Mariners, he ends up slashing 266, 317, 442, had a 759 OPS a 101 OPS plus. So with Seattle, he was 1% above league average. Now, ask yourself this question. Yes, that ballpark, T-Mobile ballpark up there, I think it was at Safeco at the time. Yes, that's not a great ballpark for right-handed hitters. Just ask Teoscar Hernandez, right? But if you look at his home road splits, there were some years there where he actually hit better at home than he did on the road. And it was a factor. There's no question about it. And he's someone that had a glow up, right? He had that high peak with the Dodgers. And then he had a glow up after he was traded to Boston. And then he goes and finds a home with the Texas Rangers where he ends up making four all-star teams, wins multiple gold glove awards, end up finishing with five gold gloves in his career. But that's someone who had his late peak, a late season, a late career resurgence after the age of 30. So had the Dodgers retained him, yeah, it would have been great to see him produce the same numbers that he did in 2004. But let's not forget, throughout that 2004 season, he was dealing with an ankle injury, had a bunch of cortisone shots. A lot of people feel like he felt the effects of that the following season. So had he struggled with the Dodgers, would they really have re-signed him past that initial deal? Or would he have gone to another team and had a late career P 
peak, right? Had his best years as far as consecutively with another team. So I think that it's just a timing issue with the Dodgers. I think from an ownership standpoint, yeah, you guys know how I feel about Frank McCord. It was the Frank Rupp era. There's no doubt about that. But I think it's more complicated than just saying, okay, he's the one that got away, right? Pedro Martinez got away. You can even say Roberto Clemente got away. I mean, some of these other guys throughout the annals of Dodgers history got away. But Adrian Beltre, I think it's a little more complicated than that. And let's not forget, too, J.D. Drew, he got injured the first year. He dealt with that injury. But J.D. Drew with the Dodgers in those two years, he performed well above average in those two years were better than Adrian Beltre's years. So it's tough to say that as well. So it's tough. I mean, you hate to see a player go into the Hall of Fame wearing another team's hat on their plaque that you drafted, that you not drafted, you signed, right? They signed him when he was 15. They signed him when he was 15. And yeah, it's definitely a tough pill to swallow. It definitely hurts. You would like to see as many Hall of Famers wearing your team's uniform. And look, I mean, they discovered him. They discovered him back in 94 at Campo Las Palmas, the complex for the Dodgers in the Dominican Republic, which is the first ever of its kind. And he was within that Dodgers organization when he was 15. There was actually some rumors that he was most of the time, right? I know you've seen bench warmers, right? Where the guy's batting and he's really older than he really is. And he slips the money to the umpire and they let him hit. And he's crushing bombs, right? Most of the times you want to be younger, right? You want to be younger. But that wasn't the case for Belcher. There were some rumors that Boris was trying to act like he was older than he actually was. So, I mean, there's some people that think that he made his debut when he was even younger than that. And that maybe that's why he had his prime years when he did with the Rangers and the Red Sox. Maybe that truly was his prime because he definitely had a late prime there. And for me, I don't lose too much sleep about the Adrian Beltre signing because at the end of the day, if you brought him back, he was still going to be performing with mostly the Frank McCourt era, right? And I think that it wouldn't have led to a World Series title. And like I said, the money that they used, you got Jeff Kent, who had a really good time with the Dodgers for a while. You had J.D. Drew and Rafael for a call, guys that had extremely productive experiences with LA and you got to give him credit too. I mean, he just found something in Boston, found something in Texas with the Dodgers. It just, it just didn't happen. And uh, give uh, Adrian Belcher all the credit in the world. But like I said, I don't think that he is the Dodger that got away. I don't think that that one makes the most sense in this situation. That's Pedro Martinez. That's Tommy Lasorda's fault for thinking that Pedro Martinez was too frail to be a starting pitcher. And you go out there and get a Delano de Shields. But let me know down below in the comment section, what are your thoughts on Adrian Beltre and the Dodgers letting him get away? So let me know down below because the reality is he had five down years, five forgettable years with the Seattle Mariners for the most part. But And also to ask yourself this question, what player in the history of Major League Baseball would have that kind of year and only sign for that kind of money. I mean, you had Eric Chavez was a third baseman signed for around $8 million per year at the time. He was looking for that kind of money. Most players that produce like that, I mean, most players that produce like that are getting bigger bags in those situations. But we're going to end the show today with 
the hottest take you have right now about your Los Angeles Dodgers. I want to know down below, what is the hottest take you have right now about your Los Angeles Dodgers heading into the 2024 season? So think about those, and we're going to read some of these takes about Adrian Belcher. We got blame that one on Boris. We got uh, with the McCourt-led team, it was best for Beltre. There you go, right? If you love something, let it go. I like that, Christian Cruz. With the McCourt-led team, it was what was best for Beltre. I remember that season. Like it was, I mean, that season was incredible. I mean, Adrian Beltre was fantastic. Do you think Cheater Carlos Beltran deserves to be in the Hall of Fame and rocks? We'll get into that one in another episode, but Carlos Beltran was a really, really productive player that numbers-wise... If you look at a, a Carlos Beltran, it'd be very interesting to see because are do they look at the Astros cheaters as someone or he's someone that are you going to link to to PEDs as well, right? But I think for Carlos Beltran as a player, I mean, 70.1 war. I mean, come on now. He had some really awesome seasons. I'll never forget that 2004 postseason run he had when he just went to God mode that Astros team, but uh, trade Roberts for a, a four piece of Popeye's chicken. That's from Cobra commander. Man, I love Popeye's chicken. I'll tell you that much uh, with McCourt. Yeah, we got some more. We got three straight world series wins. Okay. So here's your hot takes right now. Hot take. Mr. Hollywood lifestyle will play under 40 games. I like that more roasting for Anthony Rendon. Like I say about Anthony Rendon, you got players that love baseball and then you have Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon hates baseball he wants to play less games. He wants to shorten the season. Like I said a few days ago, Angels fans, they want to shorten that contract because he's been a bust in Anaheim. But uh, most excited I've been about a season ever. Second most was when we won the World Series in 2017 and in 2020. This is the most anticipated season in Dodgers history. You got Shohei Otani. You have Yamamoto. You have a roster that on paper is absolutely elite. Hot take. This is from Carnivorous Lunar Activity who says... Lux will be an MVP of a playoff series this year. That's a fire take. That's a fire take for sure. I mean, look at the series he had against the Giants. We had the clutch base hit to really put the Dodgers in the lead there and help that. But uh, some more. Let's check out on Twitter. I got some on Twitter. Hot take. The Dodgers will get off to a slow start due to chemistry and may even finish second in the division, but snag a wild card. I'm not sure World Series victories in the cards. 2025, 115 wins and a World Series victory. That's from Kevin Sanderland over on Twitter. Ryan over on Twitter says Gavin Lux is going to be an all-star. Lots of Gavin Lux love here on Twitter. Bridge 15, Bueller regains his peak form and is a contender for the Cy Young. Yeah, you want to see the spin rates go up, the velocity go up on that four-seam fastball, so he looks more like the Butane, the Bugatti Bueller that we saw in 2018. Freddie says, Bobby Miller, Cy Young. That's bold. That's bold. Jason Child, MVP Otani, Cy Young, Yamamoto, World Series title, Yamamoto. Yeah, my hot take, and this is not too hot. I'm going to continuously incrementally make these hotter. I'm talking about Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to be the first player since Fernando Valenzuela to win the rookie of the year and the Cy Young in the same season. Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to win the rookie of the year 
and the Cy Young in the same season. Yamamoto, all he knows is success. All he knows is being elite. And I think it's going to translate. He dominated the NPB. That's the second best baseball league on the planet. I think when you look at his pristine command, when you look at his elite mix, when you look at his ability to work in the zone and paint corners, you look at that fork ball, you look at the fastball, I think he's going to be absolutely dominant. I think he's going to have an ERA under 2-5. I think Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to win the Rookie of the Year and the NL Cy Young. I think he's going to be absolutely elite. This is someone who is ready for the show. He's someone that loves the bright lights. He's grown up a Dodgers fan. He is going to be extremely impressive, and he's going to establish himself as one of the top five to seven pitchers in all of Major League Baseball in year one. That's how highly I think of Yamamoto. Yeah, player says... Yeah, player says the same thing. Hot take. This is from Yeah, player on YouTube. Hot take. Yamamoto wins Cy Young and Rookie of the Year in 2024. Dang it, man. That was going to shock people with my, my hot take. It seems like other people have the same one. Other hot take I have, too, is... Is Teoscar Hernandez is going to finish with the fourth highest weighted runs created plus on the team. I think that it's not really that hot, but I mean, that's like mild Taco Bell sauce hot, but think very highly of him, but you'll see some more hot ones right here. Let's see. We got, can we start this season early? What's up? 47, 27 more subscribers away from 80 K and then we're giving away Otani. I feel like I'll be giving away Otani jersey tomorrow, the way this is going. Maybe by the end of the day, we'll have to do a live. Swelling Sausage, Dodgers win 20th in a row. That's your hot take. Dodgers win the 2024 World Series and sign Roki next summer. I love that. Bring those. Oh, this is a hot take. This is the hottest take I've ever seen. This is Selma Hayek, Dusk Till Dawn level hot take here. One Dragon says 162 and 0. 162 and 0 for the Dodgers. They're not going to lose a game. Do you also have them going 11 and 0 in the postseason? Do you have them going 11 and 0 with a run differential of a thousand to 200? I'd take that. But uh, bring that hot take. That's liquid hot magma right there. We got Hayden Magnum says hot take. Walker Bueller will win Cy Young as he goes for a big bag in free agency. Yeah, he would love that. To see that version of Walker Bueller would be great. But pour a little cold water on that. If you want to pop your Walker Bueller for Cy Young balloon, let's see how he looks early on. Let's see when he actually makes it back to the mound. Listening to him recently, it doesn't sound like it's going to be all systems go full throttle at the start of the season. Maybe we do see him in May. And then how quickly does he ramp up and get back to the pitcher that he was? You got to get the feel back, right? The velocity, everything. So I would love to see that, though, because... Getting Walker Buehler at that level is as good as trading for a Tyler Glass now, right? It's as good as going out there and trading for a Corbin Burns or a Jesus Luzardo. Getting peak Walker Buehler back, which is a massive if, would be incredible. But uh, Miller is fire. That's from Real Jackson. Bring those hot take guys. Uh, Golf says Mookie Gold Glover in 2024. Okay, we got time and again, my son, Lux. Okay, uh, Fire Eisen will be elite. I like that from Ismael Sanchez. You get the hot take button for that one. It really could happen. Ed says Dodgers have so many Cy Young potentials. It's amazing. OMG, DMAC, that would be awesome from Carnivorous Lunar Activity. Yamamoto, Rookie of the Year. Cy Young and Silver Slugger. Okay, you're just, uh, this is the point of the show where it falls off the rails. Here's another hot take. This is scorching hots from Ed who says Sheehan wins Cy Young. I don't anticipate that. 
I don't think the innings are there, but uh, definitely has incredible uh, stuff. Wow, the hot takes of all hot takes. DMAC, that's from Ray Soto. Stolen base leader. Hot take, the Dodgers will regret getting rid of Thor, Phil Bigford, Hanser Alberto, and Danny Duffy. Okay, that's the winner today. That's the absolute winner here for sure. There's going to, can you imagine? I mean, that's going to be the one that got away, right? Danny Duffy, Cole Hamels, they could have been Dodgers legends. They could have led this team to a dynasty. They could have been the new Koufax and Drysdale. <laughs> okay, I'm done with that. I agree, DMAC, he's a little monster. <laughs> little monster, that's what you're calling uh, Yamamoto. Dodgers win 125 games in the season. That's a little more reasonable. That's a little more reasonable right there. Of course, it's not 162 games in a season, but I mean, 100, it, like it's obviously, it's extremely, extremely unlikely, but it's a little more reasonable than going 116. And no, of course, the record is 116. Yeah, that 2001 Mariners team that didn't even advance to the ALCS there. I'd rather be the 98 Yankees. I want to be that 98 Yankees team that won 114 games, but dommed their way through the postseason. They still hold the record for most games won as a team in one year. But that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. As always, thank you so much for joining us and rocking with us here every single morning, 10 o'clock, Monday through Friday. You're going to see shows in the afternoon. The post-game shows will be back, the interviews. And be sure to be subscribed. We are so close so close to 80,000 subs, which means one, the Otani giveaway. We're not giveaway Otani. We're, we're keeping Otani for 10 years. I meant the Otani giveaway of the Jersey and the announcement of our next giveaway and start thinking what you want us to give away. Throw some down below. Someone the other day said you want to give away a date with me for your wife. I mean, I don't know if you talk to your wife, that's cool, but Let's not do that one, okay? But uh, that's going to do it for this episode. By the way, if you haven't subscribed, do so. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Got some more down here on the way out. Yeah, thanks, guys. We got DMAC from Jay Smooth. Replaced Steven Nelson with DMAC when Joe Davis. Hey, man, Steven Nelson is the man. Great stuff. But, yeah, thanks again, guys. As always, remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue. 